Monica's courage and calm acceptance when facing life's challenges is refreshing. She knows that we aren't meant to travel the journey of life alone, so she also enlists support of others whenever she needs it. In fact, she cites family, friends, and colleagues as having been valuable resources for hope when she's faced loss, overwhelm, and illness. During a particularly dark time, Monica set out an intention to bring joy into the lives of others, and she continues to keep this promise even during these uncertain pandemic times. This is the Resilient and Resource Podcast, and I'm your host, Annette Adams. Please join me for this uplifting conversation with Monica. I'm so excited that on this episode of the podcast that I'm getting to have a conversation with my friend, Monica. Thank you so much for being here today, Monica. Oh, thank you, Danette, for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you and spend a half an hour. And I, I feel like this is going to be great. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so the reason I started this podcast is because I love hearing people's stories about resilience. So this could be resilience of experiences they've had in their life or the way they were raised. And I would love to start this conversation with that, hearing about what is your idea of resilience and how have you experienced it through your life? Um, I guess looking back, um, it's um, from the start, it hasn't been easy. I was six years old when I lost my father to cancer. Um, my brother was nine and he was 34. So that was a hard hit in our lives where we had to kind of pull ourselves together as a family. And thanks to my mother, she, she, did, uh, she did everything for us and we have came together so strong that like our love was so strong in our family. And when I think back on my childhood, it was full of laughter and happiness and love, the three of us. So I would say that was the first time in my life when I really had to learn to be resilient as a child. And then at uh, 22, I have immigrated to Canada, came here. I was 22 years old. I didn't speak a word of English. So that was another time in my life when I had to be resilient, um, learning to get a job and build a life for yourself without the language isn't easy. I was 22 years old and I felt very alone, but somehow I came through and did it. And then the third time in my life, which was the hardest part of my life when I was 32, I went through a, a long health crisis. And that was the hardest time in my life and I really, really had to learn how to be resilient and get up again. Interesting. So. I'd love to go back to the first, you were talking about the, the sadness of losing your father at such a young age, and yet your mom somehow created this um, resilient atmosphere, I guess you would say, around you. Um, you said that your life was full of laughter, and I just think that is so incredible um, that your mom passed on something, that you could see something positive in the midst of so much sadness, or that you could find joy in life again. And that seems to be a real gift that your mother has passed on to you. Yes, my mother is my rock on my life. She has brought us up in such happiness, even though she was a single mom and we did not have abundance. Um, we didn't have much, but when I think back, the three of us, like she worked hard and she made us work hard with her and we have learned to be self-sufficient. And uh, even though I always felt 
very different as a child because I didn't have a father. She kind of managed to fulfill both of those spaces for us. Right. Wow, that's great. So when you came to Canada, did you come with your whole family, with your mother and brother, or did you come on your own? I, I actually came with my ex-husband. Um, so it was two of us, neither of us spoke English, so <laughs> it wasn't easy. But um, we somehow, like from one day to another, we just kind of learned and, and tried harder. And I got a job as a, I got a cleaning job because I didn't speak English, I couldn't do hair. Um, the second day we arrived and it was, <laughs> it was uh, so overwhelming and I didn't speak any English. I went after, uh, it was a friend of ours kind of set me up with it and I went in. I remember that all I could hear was I was following this lady for four hours and all I could hear was dust, 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 dust. And I went home and I said, what does dust mean? <laughs> and they explained what dust meant and I'm like okay I got this I got this I can do dust I might not be able to do a lot of things right now but I can do dust so I have worked uh, at night for nine months and I was learning English during the day and then nine months later I have gotten my exam as a hairstylist and um, I got my license, so I was able to apply for the first job um, as a hairstylist, and I still didn't feel confident about my language. So I remember uh, George, my first boss, like I said, I just if you just let me wash hair, I just want to apply and just learn English and wash hair. And he said, Oh no, 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 don't worry about English. There, people just want a good haircut. As long as you can cut hair nice, they will be happy and love you. <laughs> <laughs> and I started working and I got in and 10 minutes later, like I remember I did like nine haircuts the first day and I had, I knew how to cut hair, but I had no idea what they were really telling me. <laughs> but that was like my first step to success, I would say. Yeah, interesting. So let's. I would love to go now to your story about your health concern, uh, because that would have to have been a real challenge. Now you would have been in Canada then for a while um, when that situation rose. Tell me a little bit about that and what sort of resources you need needed to get through that. Well, I was at that time when that happened. I was thirty-two. I remember it was like Friday morning, and I just got up and. Um, um, I had click at that point for, um, I'm going to say seven years, um, my hair salon. So I just got up in the morning and I went down to work and um, by one o'clock I couldn't really comprehend what people were telling me. I felt like I was in a bubble and it just started getting worse and worse and worse and by 5 p.m. I couldn't walk. So. November 9th, 2009 was the day when my life has taken a 360. Um, I ran from thinking I have it all to, to like just a full crash. My body just gave up. We had no idea what was happening. Um, I was alone. I was single at that time and self-employed. 
so it was the toughest time of my life. That was when my mother flew out to take care of me. So from one day to another, I went from being confident to, oh my God, maybe this is it for me. Wow. That must have been uh, like an incredibly challenging. So it great that your mother could come and stay with you, like just having that supportive family near you during such a difficult time. So what sort of changes did you need to make then in your life that, that the illness? So it was about, it was, it was about three months that it was my brain. So it was about three months. I have lost my full balance. I have lost my vision. Um, I, I couldn't really control my body. I was very weak. So I just laid in bed and laid in bed. And while I was kind of waiting for my verdict from the doctors, they didn't know what was happening, why it happened. They all, they knew it was like a, um, an acute uh, incident. So while I was, I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to think. <laughs> and I was thinking, I started learning about chemicals in our industry, how harmful they are. Ammonia is a gas that we inhale every 30 minutes as hairstylists. And I kind of started learning as I had strength to do so. Um, and I just lay there. My mom was there. She gave me the support, but I couldn't work. So I was very nervous about not paying my bills. I was self-employed. We don't have employment insurance, right? So I started learning and then I have my dear friend Lisbeth that teaches yoga. She used to teach yoga at Mavadi and she said to me, I want you to come to my yoga class. And I said, how? I'm not able to walk. I, I don't have balance to stand. How do you want me to do yoga? And she said, no, 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 just come to my yoga class and lay there. I don't want you to do anything. Just come to my class and lay there. And she she taught 6 a.m. classes, and I just went to every 6 a.m. class, and I just laid there. And I just felt so much positivity, and I'm like, okay, I need to I need to grab this thing called life, and I need to fight. I want to put up my own fight. So I laid in yoga classes, and I started learning about ingredients and my hair salon at the time overnight I just switched everything over I I donated all the colors I had that were ammoniated and got in a new line and learned about a new line and my clients were so supportive to me that I started doing one client by one client by one client and I was able to do one client and then I needed two hours of sleep and then I would do another client and I went to yoga and slowly it took about a year and a half, but I have gotten my life back. I have gotten better. And I think partially it's because I wasn't inhaling all the toxins, but partially just because I had so much support around me and it's just like the whole experience just changed my life for the better. It's so refreshing to me to hear it's, it's I'm not sure even how to say this. It's refreshing to hear how you resourced yourself in such 
uh, unique way. So like the way, of course, your mother family, that's the one we often reach for first. But then the fact of just uh, a friend reaching out to you, Lisbeth, and then you going to her yoga class and just laying there. It's not like you were trying to, you know, um, do every posture and yoga, like just to go there and take in, you know, like you said, her positivity is such a valuable resource. It's like you took the tiniest possible step forward. It was just a little one. I will never forget it. It was, it was the hope that I grasped. And in, in three years, I was standing in that tree pose. I could have stood for five hours and it just proved my strength. And for until today, I just love her so much. I don't even think she realizes how much impact she had on my life because thinking about what if I haven't done that? Like that was one thing that I felt safe in and I just lay there and I looked at people and I was like, I want to be like that. I want to stand. <laughs> yes. And then to pick the most balanced base posture of the tree pose, right? When you couldn't even balance on, balance on two feet before that. That's amazing. I just love that story. And then that hope and balance, that hope and balance then also gave you the courage to, to do your own learning. So the other resource you reached out for was knowledge and information about the toxins that were in your environment. Like putting all of those together, like it just is so wise of you to surround yourself. Yes, I guess I've, I've always been self-motivated. So um, there's this book Brene Brown wrote, uh, Daring Greatly. And, and I was thinking about the book and I was like, well, we have a choice. We're either gonna be in the arena of life fight or we're gonna be the audience and watch. And I never wanted to be the audience. I wanted to, if, if I can do anything in life, I can give my best fight. Right. And maybe that leads me into this, the next question I wanna ask you about, your favorite things about yourself. Like what's something you love about yourself, a key strength that have, have uh, supported you to get through these challenging times in your life? I always felt like I have grit. Um, I, I love that about myself and I feel like I'm done and I cannot go any longer. I can reach for another 20 miles somehow. <laughs> I don't know how it comes, but I just get up in the morning and, and then I go. Um, also another thing that I have done in my life was easy decision making. I've never been scared to make decisions. I think it's with me, it's actually the opposite. I make the decision maybe too fast. I jump and I go, oh my God, I can't fly. Learn, learn, learn. <laughs> that was one thing. So most of the times it has worked well for me. Uh, sometimes it hasn't, but that's okay. That's that I, I always go, okay, this, what, this is what it means being in the arena. You can always win. <laughs> and then I always feel that I'm kind to people, I love people, I want to be around people, I love and I smile and people smile back at me. Um, and I guess I'm just, uh, I've always been self-motivated, I've always been a self-learner, I love books. There is a book for everything we ever have a question for, whether that be cooking 
or learning a new skill or just self-improvement or there's a book for everything. I always look like people spend, you know, 20 years of research for them to share their knowledge for us um, just to pay $16. It is just such a gift in our life to do that and learn yeah. from them. I agree with you. I, I feel like I have read so many books and they have impacted me greatly on, you know, say, like Brene Brown's books and tons of other people. I just love getting information. And sometimes I don't take everything in the book, but I'll go, oh, that really connects with me. And I'll take that or that really connects with me. So, yeah, I agree. Yes. As long as we take like one thing out of each book we read. Yeah. It, it yeah. really builds us to be better people. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> So you as a small business owner during this pandemic have faced a lot of challenges that have required your resilience. And one thing I really love about you is that you're, you're, um, you're optimistic without being toxically positive, right? So you're optimistic. So you see the disappointment, you express your disappointment about what's going on, but you're still optimistic. You know, like you still, but without being overly optimistic, you just, well, we'll do the best we can and move forward. And I guess my question for you is what advice would you have for people who are really struggling during this pandemic, whether it's a business or a personal that they're really struggling to make it through, how can they stay the way as positive you as you are without being overly optimistic? Um, I guess my advice would be um, when we are going through difficult times, um, we don't understand is sometimes when the change happens. Um, with the pandemic and the lockdowns, we have a lot of time to think. And I do think that it's our choice to think which way we want to take things. We can either take this time that we have and learn from, learn new things like we are doing with my team right now they're so incredible we're keeping in touch and we're doing a ton of education so every time i would feel i'm down and i really don't want to do this i go well you really don't have a choice so why don't you just make the best of it so i set up these education moments with my team and we reconnect on uh, google meets and we laugh and we're, we know that we're learning skills that we can utilize and be better for it when we get back. So maybe that's one positive um, in, in the pandemic. Uh, I guess for me, it's more just after going through health crisis, nothing is as bad. So I think I could put it as simple as that. I'm healthy and I have choices and I'm not helpless. So I think that's all I need to, to live my best life and to love my life, I guess. That's so powerful. It's, it's the, you know, the attitude of gratitude that you have, that you've been through something that was really, really challenging and that you can make it through this by looking at what is going well. And I love how you stay connected with your team. I know every time I come to the salon, you and your team are just so great together. You can tell that you really have each other's back and support each other. So again, another resource in your life. It's awesome. Oh my God, my team is, is 
fulfills me. I get up in the morning and I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I go, I get to into my own business and we laugh all day. They're so incredible and um, they do all the extra miles that they shouldn't do for me. And I care about them so much. I just, I just really, really, really love it all. That's awesome. I'm surrounded by incredible people, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think you do that because you're an incredible support for people as well. I know whenever I come in there, I always feel that you're 100% supportive of me as well. So I think you know, you're putting out support and you're getting it back, and I think that's really awesome. Thank you, Danette. I guess that yeah. was the, the one promise I made to myself. Um, when I lay there and think without being able to move is that I used to think if I just get a second chance I just want to live every day of my life with a smile on my face and I want to put smile on other people's faces and therefore I, I am living my dream right now. You're doing an incredible job and I am so so grateful that you uh, came on the show today and that you shared your story and such wise observations about, you know, what we can be grateful for and all the different areas of resources that we have if we could just look out, see it, and then reach for those resources, along with our own personal grit and determination, which you clearly have in spades as well. Yes, yeah. I agree. I, I, the bottom line is we are really responsible for ourselves and our own happiness. No one can make us happy if we, if we don't do it ourselves. Thank you so much, Monica. I cannot wait till some of these uh, you know, lockdowns are lifted again so we could be together and you can touch up my hair, which needs a little bit of support right now. So thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you, Danette. I look forward to seeing you too. Thank you. <laughs> okay, take care.